Hello and welcome back to The Hum. I am Karina Dross. I am an artist and astrologer. This is the bonus side podcast project associated with The Hum and the Holler, which is my project with my sister Joe, where we take you through the spells of each month alongside our 2021 calendar. This one is just a little look at the astrology big transits, the big themes of what's happening from new moon to new moon. So we are beginning this month, November 4th, with a new moon in Scorpio. If you've been reading my horoscopes, you know that November 2021 has some unsettled energy, let us call it. There is a lot of planetary clashes happening in the sky this month, and quite a few of them involve the planet Mars. This is happening during a year where Saturn is squaring Uranus, and both of those planets are involved in these clashes. This is happening during a month when the Sun has moved into Scorpio, a sign traditionally ruled by Mars, a sign that is about uncovering what is hidden, really taking a look at the hard things and the scary things, looking at where our shadows lie. So with all of this Mars activity, with the clashes that happen with Saturn and Uranus this month, with all this Plutonian Scorpio energy, November, you know, let's just say this is a beautiful time for catharsis. If you are in need of surfacing some of your deepest wounds so that they can heal, this month gives that motivation. And if we expand that to look at the collective, one way of holding perspective for some of the scarier or harder things we might be encountering or become aware of this month is to be grateful for the ways that what is hurting surfaces in order to be transformed and healed. So I kind of want that to be your motto as you're working with anything rough this month. And I know I'm sounding really doomy and gloomy, which is generally not my MO as an astrologer. I love to look at what is possible rather than fall prey to fatalism or fear-mongering. But honestly, I think what is possible this month is our stepping into resilience and courage to be looking at the harder things. This will shift some towards the end of the month as the sun moves into Sagittarius. But, you know, we get Scorpio season once a year, and I feel like, let's do it. Let's go there. Let's go into the dark. Let's hold hands. Let's do this together. So we begin with the new moon on November 4th. This new moon in Scorpio is a time to initiate new beginnings in all things Scorpionic. So let's expand that a little bit. Scorpio is the sign that helps us shed our skins. If we imagine ourselves as, you know, creatures that molt, uh, that, that move through many different phases in our lifetime, Scorpio is the quality of metamorphosis. So when we're working with a Scorpio new moon, we are composting. We are tending to that pile of waste of, um, uh, how do I say this? I'm like picturing like a leaf pile right now. I'm picturing that multi-layered, 
the things on top are newer, the things at the bottom are really different than the things on the top because of compression and time and the elements. And when we stir these things together, we allow more and more transformation to happen. We allow what is one shape to become another shape, what has gotten stuck and stagnant to get refreshed and released. So Scorpio energy, if you're working with this new moon, you might want to ask yourself, where am I needing to transform? Where have I gotten stuck? What in my heart or in my perspective has become stagnant? And specifically, stagnant because I have been afraid to look at it, because it has felt too scary, too big, too overwhelming. Now is the time to figure out what support you need, what time you need, how to create an environment and a practice that will help you do this work without giving in to anxieties, right? Without uh, becoming just overwhelmed by your own inner alarm bells around it. And I don't say this lightly. I think that support is a piece that many of us forget about. We forget that it's possible. We forget to ask for it. We don't feel we deserve it. We've been taught by our cultures that we shouldn't need it or that asking for it is risky. There's all kinds of reasons we don't look for the support that we need to do this kind of work. But this work really relies on having a trusting uh, container, a trusted person, a trust for yourself. And we develop that through relationship. This could, of course, be relationship to trees, to wind, to animals, to mycelial networks under the forest. It could also be relationship to a therapist, support group, mentor, best friend, etc. But working with the Scorpio new moon on a certain level means asking yourself, what do I need to feel strong enough and loved enough that I can face some of the scarier things that I have experienced and never fully processed or that I'm worried about for the future? This new moon is also opposing the planet Uranus, which is the planet of electrical wildfires, of innovation and big sudden changes. It's generally an exciting energy. It can be deeply unsettling. With Uranus opposite this new moon, there's kind of this like extra jolt to any intention that you set. So if you are telling the universe that you are ready to change and transform. This is like that, that lightning bolt that animates the monster in the Frankenstein story. Like, like Uranus opposite the Scorpio new moon is very much willing to bring to life whatever it is you are creating and generating in this moment. Which means be careful with your intention settings. Be careful that you want to really make the big change because the world is aligned to help you do it. So what you ask for, be ready to receive it <laughs> during this new moon. Um, this new moon also marks the beginning of the eclipse season. The eclipses will last 
um, November 19th and December 4th are when they are exactly the season itself kind of goes from the lunation before the eclipses to the lunation after the eclipses. So this is the beginning of that period where we are moving into eclipse season, just in case you needed it a little weirder, <laughs> a little freakier, a little less settled, a little more confusing. Eclipses tend to bring all of that. The very next day after this new moon, we have Venus moving into Capricorn. So when we have this planet of love and pleasure and our own talent and creativity moving into the sign that has to do with maturity and accountability, work ethic, how we are responsible to one another, we might find that our relational impulses shift in tenor. Where in the past, specifically Venus and Sagittarius, loves a party, we may have been oriented towards relationships, art making, all of the things that we reach toward with a sense of, I want pleasure. This might have been occupying more of the realm of, I want this to be fun, thrilling, spontaneous, easy, joyful, lighthearted. As Venus moves into Capricorn, that collective impulse is moving more toward, I want this to feel stable and grounded. I want to feel that there is integrity and trust, shared work toward shared goals. And we might find ourselves more oriented towards working on our relationships rather than just being in the sweet fun of them. So for some of us, this might be a little bit of a downer, depending on your chart, for others, it might be profoundly reassuring. One thing to remember is that as Venus moves through Capricorn with the Sun in Scorpio, a lot of the work we're going to find ourselves doing in our relationships will have to do with those Scorpionic excavations of our own shadow sides, trauma histories, buried pasts. So, on a certain level, I like to see this Venus in Capricorn while the sun's in Scorpio because it brings a sense of responsible, mature thoughtfulness to what could otherwise be highly emotionally activating experiences. I always like to give a shout out to artists, writers, and creators as well whenever we're looking at the movements of Venus because Venus rules the ways we... we uh, put our, our beauty into this world. And with Venus and Capricorn, this is a really good time to be getting serious about shaping, editing, long-term planning, strategizing, putting together the pieces, not so much generating all of the joyous possibilities. Venus and Capricorn helps us take more seriously what we are making, which can, as a downside, at times mean that our editing jumps in before we're done generating, but not as much as if this were um, Venus square Saturn, for example, but it's a longer influence. Venus square Saturn might be a day or two, tops. Venus moving through Capricorn will last many, many weeks. So in the horoscopes, for the expanded horoscopes, for you Patreon subscribers out there, I've been describing the various clashing transits that are happening this month as a series of tiny explosions. 
all of these unexploded landmines in our relationships, in our minds, that we trip over, that there's the potential to set off. So on November 10th, we got one of those. This day is best handled with care. We have Mars conjunct Mercury, and they are both forming a square to Saturn. So let's talk about those bit by bit. First, when we have Mars conjunct Mercury, our passionate, aggressive, potentially angry, frustrated selves are fused with the part of ourselves that wants to do things quickly and be right and understand the world and and speak and communicate. Mercury, right? So Mars conjunct Mercury just on its own can lead to situations in which we have a shorter fuse, we're less patient, we're more reactive, we may be more opinionated, more likely to believe that we know everything we need to know, and why are you still talking to me, and let me just do the thing. Mars conjunct Mercury is a day when we are all more likely to say things without thinking that are potentially hurtful, dismissive, rude, careless, tactless, all of those things. With the Saturn square, we have that same kind of rebellious, impatient energy bubbling up, and it's being blocked by Daddy Saturn, who wants us to be good and careful and thoughtful and not express anger, frustration, etc. So days when Mars is squaring Saturn are always days of feeling a little bit energetically blocked. With Mercury thrown in, there's a little even more frustration. So if you have been letting your frustrations build and simmer and they are ready to boil over, this is a day when you might find you're, you're boiling over There is nowhere to put that anger. The world is thwarting you, and you are entitled to a tantrum. Clearly, 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 this is not the best way to handle this energy. Ideally, you are someone who regularly releases your pent-up emotions. You go move your body, you take a hot shower, you write in your journal, you rip up paper, you burn things ritualistically to release them, whatever it is. If you are someone who is regularly acknowledging, I uh, I have big hard feelings, I am so angry, I am so scared, I am so... Um, what are the other big hard feelings? Anger, fear, grief. I have big grief. Grief doesn't really correlate with Mars quite as much. Desire. I am so incredibly uh, missing sexual connection in my life or want more of it or different kinds of it. All of those feelings that can seem hard to navigate socially, right? What do I do with this big feeling? Ideally, you love them, you claim them, you own them, and you find ways of really feeling them without making it someone else's responsibility to solve them for you, right? Just because you're angry doesn't mean it's your partner's fault or it's your partner's job to make you less angry. Separating out 
the feelings themselves from what needs to happen is one of the central themes of this month. And that means if you get in a fight with your partner, you might be so mad at your partner, you might be just seething. You're going to need to do the things to feel and honor and express that anger separately from coming back to your partner, being in conversation and saying, here is what I think we need to do differently. Here is how I would prefer our conversations to look. This is the thing that was hard for me. This is my boundary about it, right? None of that is, it's your fault that I'm angry. It's your fault that I'm hurt. All of that is a generosity of perhaps you did, perhaps you didn't know that this would hurt me, but now you do. And now our, our behavior is going to change together, right? To understand as a given that you get to have needs and boundaries and that you get to defend them. And when you have that as your core foundation, I get to have needs, I get to have boundaries, I get to defend them. It's much easier to come to conflict with other people without this sense of fear that you need to attack or that you need to defend extra, extra, extra to make sure that you'll have what you need. So November 10th, be aware of your conflict patterns on this day. Be aware of what's coming up for you, how your instinct is to deal with it and express it, and what you would prefer it to be. Don't be super hard on yourself if you're just learning how to practice different kinds of conflict skills, if you're just learning how to be more self-assertive or lash out less at the people you love. Really, release the shame that might come from getting a little bit wrong today. Learn from it. Pay attention to it. And commit to doing this kind of work in a more ongoing way. Next up in our cavalcade of Martian clashes, we have Mars opposing Uranus on November 17th. You'll notice this year, this entire year, whenever a planet clashes with Saturn, it will clash with Uranus soon after. So here we have what I have characterized as a rather large explosion. Saturn squaring Mars is a force that constricts our energy. It's like pushing down real hard on something that wants to pop up. Uranus, on the other hand, allows the explosion to happen. Uranus encourages the explosion. Uranus is the planet of electrical uh, impulses, of um, let's catalyze what needs to change rather than structuring and holding it down. So coming right on the heels of a week in which Mars has squared Saturn, this shift on the 17th is like, you know, however much you repressed your energy on the 10th, it is going to fly forward even more on the 17th. And I know I talked about the 10th as a day when there might be explosions, when you might boil over. This might be true for some of you. Others might have been holding it in and really holding that, that Saturn piece more strongly. I don't get to actually 
tell anyone how I feel. I don't get to be as mad as I am. I have to be good. I have to do the right thing. I can't tell off my boss. I would get fired. That sort of thing. And you'll notice as we see Mars pinging off of Saturn and Uranus one after the other, that the themes of this year are coming up again in a big way. That Saturn-Uranus square that is pushing us all to be with the tension around freedom versus responsibility. Saturn, our social structures, austerity, needing to work for a living, needing to be responsible to the civil society in which we live, following the rules, creating something sustainable for the future. Uranus, revolution, insurrection, freedom, autonomy, creating new queer collective utopias, speculative sci-fi, black futurism, all of this, right? So this tension is showing up really strongly here in mid-November, where we are moving from Mars square Saturn. What is it that is holding us back, that is making us furious? What is repressing us, pushing us down in ways that we don't want to be stifled? Toward Mars opposite Uranus, which is how are we ready to pop off? How are we ready to explode into some wild new existence? As always, this is a complicated story. You personally in your own life might know whether you need to lean more towards Saturn or more towards Uranus right now. Collectively, we as a larger culture are really not sure. (laughs) There is a lot of confusion. Many people want many different kinds of revolutions. Many people want to return to some sort of imagined safety in the past. These different desires are weaving through each other in ways that have profound cognitive dissonance. And what's happening is the collective dissatisfaction with this current moment in history has a lot of stories around what's going wrong and why and what to do about it. And so November 17th is a day that's heightening that collective tension again. And we come to November 19th, which is the lunar eclipse in Taurus. A lunar eclipse is a full moon. It is when the Earth's shadow gets up all in between the sun and the moon. And this particular lunar eclipse, we also have Venus, ruler of Taurus, in a trine with Uranus. So if you remember the last lunation of this month, the new moon on the 4th began with the new moon. So the sun-moon conjunction were both opposite Uranus. Now we have the sun-moon opposition, and we have a planet trining Uranus ruler of the moon at that moment. We've got a lot of Uranian energy happening this month, and an eclipse is kind of extra. (laughs) So when we're working with eclipses, we're always working with the energy of portals, of doors opening and closing, of big sudden revelations. When you think about an eclipse, think about the ways in which we as human animals 
are used to certain rhythms. There's a way in which, you know, you you know your 24-hour clock. You know when the sun is going to rise and when it's going to set seasonally, whether you're conscious of it or not. There's this low-level animal body awareness of cycles of light and dark in our lives. And an eclipse disrupts that cycle. And in that disruption, we encounter the unknown. We encounter what has been hidden, what we haven't been looking at. It's like waking up, waking up from a comfortable routine and paying closer attention to, oh, this is what's going on. So eclipse season tends to be a time of that, of things jumping out at you, of things, sudden flashes of insight or big anxieties or big decisions. People often during eclipses decide, oh, this is over or this new thing is beginning. When we're working with an eclipse, it's always worth remembering that some people will feel it more intensely than others. This particular eclipse happens at 27 degrees of Taurus, which means that if you have a personal planet in your chart or a point, and by personal planet I mean Sun, Moon, Venus, Mars, Mercury, or a point, ascendant, icy, descendant, midheaven, if you have something like that, between 24 and 29 degrees of one of the fixed signs, Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, or Leo, you are going to be in the crosshairs of this particular eclipse, which means get ready for a little bit more of a feeling of life shifting, of I am open to new information. I am willing to make the changes I need to make. I am ready to be on a different path, whatever it might be. What's tricky when you're working with an eclipse is that it's best to not make all of your big sudden life changes at once. It's best to not decide, oh, hey, there's an eclipse, November 19th, maybe November 20th, I will move out of my house, break up with my partner, change my job. Probably not the best idea because throughout the entire eclipse season, you're getting more information. You are beginning to see more and more. You are beginning to learn more pieces of the story of what has been hidden until now. The entire eclipse season, this time around, is between November 4th and December 19th. Am I saying don't make any big life decisions in that time? No, I am not saying that. But I am saying be careful, be thoughtful, don't just act on an impulse, and be prepared to rework your decisions if you need to. If, if new information comes to light. Also, if this lunar eclipse touches a sensitive part of your chart, you know, between 24 and 29 degrees of one of those fixed signs, the next six months are going to be especially significant in your personal development. You may feel like a beginner in certain ways, like you are beginning a new way of being that you're not quite sure of yet. So just be aware of that lean into it, be kind to yourself, have fun. We've only got two more transits to talk about this month. There are fewer than normal, just big ones. But the last two that we're going to talk about are really different energy. So we, we have made it through the biggest gates of this particular time. 
the biggest conflict and unsettlement and potential tiny sparks and explosions. And now, on November 21st, we are moving from Scorpio season to Sagittarius season. November 21st, the sun moves into Sag, and we feel a major shift in energy. We are emerging from the Scorpionic underworld. I say this with all love for the Scorpionic underworld. What a necessary place. Every single sign, as we move from one to the next, every single sign balances what has become excessive in the sign before it. So as we move from Scorpio to Sagittarius, we are moving from a place of heaviness, of an inward looking, a need to heal, a need to be with the crisis and the pain, to transform what needs transforming. We're moving from all of that, which can get a little goth, to Sagittarius, which brings the party. So Sagittarius, I think of it here in the Northern Hemisphere, Sagittarius season happens at the peak of midwinter, where we have the least light. Um, Winter solstice happens during Sagittarius season. And I think about the need we have to hold on to light and joy and faith during times when the sun is farthest from us. So this quality brings in a buoyancy, a faith, a willingness to connect and throw ourselves towards an unknown future with a sense of adventure rather than fear. It is incredibly important to trust and respect the need for this kind of fiery, optimistic faith during times like ours, and to not trivialize it as foolish. Not because I think we are headed towards the best of all possible worlds or a happy ending, (laughs) not because I believe rationally that better times are coming, but more because I know how important it is to be co-creating those times through the dark times. So I'm going to leave you all with this Bertolt Brecht quote, in the dark times, will there also be singing? Yes, there will also be singing about the dark times. That's this move, sun, sun to Sagittarius, as I see it in this particular historical moment. There's one more, one more transit before we end. This is November 29th, and here we have Mars trining Neptune. So we've been talking about Mars stirring some shit up all month long. And this is the first Mars aspect we've talked about so far that is a harmonious one. And Neptune, real different than Uranus or Saturn. Neptune is a different theme. It's not about restriction or freedom. It's not about wilding out or or clamping down. It's about dissolving. It's about mist, the ocean. It's about the empathic uh, resonance that we have when we let go of ourselves as single, individual, atomized subjects and think of ourselves as loose, ephemeral collections of organisms and in rhizomatic connection with with all life. So Mars trying Neptune brings our selfish selves, right? The parts of ourselves that desire, 
that want to defend and protect our egos, that's Mars, brings that into this beautiful loving harmony with Neptune, which dissolves the sense of self. A day like this is just a really beautiful time to do something restorative for yourself, to do it physically. Take, take a walk in the woods, take a shower, get a massage, do something that is pleasurable for your body, that, that fulfills your need to move and be active, but that helps you connect to that more beautiful world that we can feel and sense at times, not always. And those of you who work with Neptune more regularly, dreamers, visionaries, artists, empaths, this Mars trine Neptune day is a good day to get that work done as well, to be more active, more motivated in doing energy work, singing, making art, meditation, any of those things. One caveat for Mars trine Neptune is that if you are someone who tends toward self-destructive forms of dissociation, addiction, or escapism of any kinds, it will feel easier to slip into that on this day. So have some boundaries set in place for yourself, have some accountability buddies, have a way of making sure that you don't drift deeper into anything you don't want to drift into. So that, that is it for us this month. We will pick up next month on December 4th with the solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So we're still in the midst of eclipse season and look for the next podcast to drop on December 3rd. Mm-hmm.